Hello and welcome to the Positive Feedback Podcast, a podcast from Creating Chances. Here at Creating Chances, we are a for-purpose social enterprise that aims to empower, inspire and develop young people through our evidence-based best practice programs. This podcast is an extension of that and each week you will be hearing from people within our organisation as well as people from other organisations and walks of life that share the same goal as us, to impact and support young people so that they can change the world around them. Through these stories and lived experiences, we hope that you too are inspired to make a positive impact in the world around you. On today's episode, Rob and Natasha speak with Tamara Altani, the Director of Palestine Sports for Life, a sports for development organisation that aims to use sport as a tool to enhance, strengthen and develop communities throughout Palestine. The three discuss how Palestine Sports for Life was first founded, how it has grown and the impact it is making on the communities in Palestine today. Enjoy the episode. So, yeah, welcome, Tamara. Thank you for taking the time and doing this. I'm really honoured to be next to you both. Um, I'm, I'm really happy to be with you. Uh, so my name is Tamara Awartani. I come from Ramallah, Palestine. Um, I co-founded, uh, and I'm the current director since then, um, for Palestine Sports for Life. It's a Palestinian uh, sports for development NGO. I'm also a PhD candidate at the German Sports University in Cologne, Germany, uh, where I'm also um, getting my PhD in sports for development, like how to um, create uh, youth employment opportunities in a very um, complicated uh, area, such as Palestine, economically, socially, socially and politically. In Palestine Sports for Life, um, I I create, I design, I uh, evaluate all the modules that we want to work on. Uh, I also connect uh, with the sports for development world globally uh, so that we can always exchange the experience and have that uh, in Palestine and uh, globally as well. Thank you. Wow, <laughs> there's a lot to, lot to break down there. Very impressive. Um, I guess, do you wanna, first of all, do you wanna speak a little bit more to, I guess, your background in sports as well? Yes. Um, well, I started off uh, playing different sports uh, that were available here in Palestine, uh, but then I went into swimming and basketball um, while I was here in Palestine. And then when I went to, to Jordan to uh, continue my education, I focused more on basketball and I got the opportunity to play also along the Jordanian national team um, in, in Jordan. And we got the chance to take part in different Arab um, tournaments. Um, and that's when I went back to Palestine, um, I thought, okay, I need to do something. The experience that I have uh, taken in Jordan, I need to do something with it here back in Palestine. So I started volunteering with the Palestinian um, national, like the federation here, and also um, doing grassroots uh, basketball as that age group was, not, was missing. Um, so I started doing that and we were able to create the first uh, Palestinian mini basketball uh, teams were under 11 and under 14 then and we took part in different tournaments uh, in Italy um, representing Palestine and then I was uh, also nominated by the Palestinian National Federation to uh, present Palestine as the under 14 coach um, in the children around the world camp uh, that was parallel to the FIBA 2010 World Cup. Um, and that's when I thought, okay, we need to do even something more. And I co-founded uh, Palestine Sports for Life. Um, I, and then in that time, I also went to Germany um, to work uh, for like a consultancy for six months where I also played uh, a season in Germany. 
in basketball, but I also took the information and knowledge uh, from the side that I was uh, working in the sports field. So I was also working in the IT field, but the sports field, I took it back and also then expanded uh, sports for, the, for life. And now it's been 10 years now, so uh, we are really growing in that field. Yeah, wow. It's one of the things I loved when I first heard about Palatine Sports for Life is how similar it sounded to Football United, which is a you know is a youth development charity that aims in empowering youth, you know, resilience and leadership skills through the magic of football. But uh, one of the great things about your organisation is it branches out to more than football, and I think that's amazing. You know, with your background in basketball, but uh, I think so. I guess what was there anything in particular that inspired you to to start, you know, to be the co-founder of this organization? Yes. Um, well, I know and I felt and I, like, in the real world, how much sports affected me on a personal level. Although I wasn't really, uh, I was, I had sports next to me all the time. Like, whatever I was working or whatever I was studying, sports was always there. Uh, so it built my personality, empowered me. I connected with so many people through sports that I decided, okay, this is only the one that I, the one thing that I want to do. Um, so I co-founded Sports for Life uh, and uh, Sohu like, also shared my passion. Um, so we started thinking on how we could serve the community here in Palestine, because this is the thought also that we wanted to do something where there is a need and not just serve uh, as a, a normal club like the other youth centers here that are serving uh, specific talents and so on. But we wanted to do something different and serve the ones who don't get the chance to play um, on, in different places. So that's where the idea came and we um, built on that. So we started empowering youth in different villages, in different refugee camps, in different cities, um, giving them the knowledge that we have so that they can start their own programs in their own villages or in their own places, environments. Um, that we can support because we have the good connection with the Ministry of Education and uh, UNRWA, which is like responsible also for all the refugee camps, uh, that we were able to open up uh, the schools after school um, for those empowered coaches or, or trainers or even social workers that we worked with um, to give them that space that they can deliver for the um, children and youth in that area uh, for free. So that's how we built the network and also expanded our methodology throughout Palestine through these uh, trainers and social workers. And in UNRWA, we did it throughout uh, the school hours because uh, at a certain age or in some schools of them, they don't have a specific PE class. So, and certainly for the girls' schools, uh, that was a bit really uh, difficult because that's the only place where they were able in some areas to play. So we try to empower them and also support them with one of our trainers to work side by side with the, for instance, English teacher that is giving sports or so. So to build that system throughout the year and then also then check how uh, it affected them um, on a personal level uh, to develop them on an educational side or for them to be aware on uh, different health issues and gender issues and all the themes that we are working on. Yeah. Okay. So... You mentioned that you're still expanding throughout Palestine. How how far-reaching at the moment is the organization? Yeah. We are working now in at least nine districts and in Gaza, um, including also East Jerusalem. 
So we're kind of going in the districts, we are in almost all of them. But then in each district, we are going trying to go into every single village as well. So um, that only happens with empowering more teachers, more social workers. So we have a target of at least 200 uh, teachers every year that we want to work with, empower them with the different methodologies that we have, because each one of them goes back and teaches at least 100 in their school. And then we are also trying to provide them with this after school so that then they can reach the whole community that they are working on. And this is the way that it could expand and work. And each time we have something new, we keep them in our network. So when we have a new workshop and a new topic, we invite them to come because then they have the base and then we build it on them. Okay. So do you, so do you work alongside schools? So when you try to find that teacher um, to work, are they already in a school or you find them and you help them integrate into the school system? Yeah, we have these two approaches. One from the Ministry of Education, we were, where we tell them to nominate uh, the teachers in that area who are already teachers in the school. Because then we know at least that when they are taking uh, the, the knowledge and experience that they are uh, directly implementing it uh, inside the schools. And we also try to work uh, with the supervisors of, uh, like in the Ministry of Education so that they also adopt this methodology and slowly, because we are now also on the community, uh, committee for education in the Ministry of Education, that we are trying to enforce to have sports not only as a PE class, but also in parallel with the different topics uh, and uh, with the different subjects. Now, that is one uh, direction. The other module that we have lots of youth uh, graduates uh, from the physical education department um, who are not finding any job opportunities. So they tend to work in other things. Um, not only, of course, the PE departments that are having a high unemployment rate, but uh, a lot of, uh, like we have a 55% unemployment rate for youth uh, from the different graduates. Um, so what we are trying to do is also to empower them with the methodologies that we have and the curriculum that we have, that it would give them a plus when they want to go get employed in any organization, not only schools, but rather that they are offering something new uh, for the organization or for the um, uh, youth center that they are going to or uh, for the schools. Because in the governmental schools, it's like they, there are 20,000 applicants and there are maybe 1,000 openings. Mm. So this is a really large uh, percentage of unemployment. So they need to do something else. So we're trying also to influence having a kind of an entrepreneurship um, thing that the youth could do on their own. Um, uh, or offer things for the youth center that they are already working with so that they come up with something new. Because here in Palestine, it's restricted on what, how much you can do in regards to, to having employment uh, uh, opportunities. But then it comes back to you on what can you do and then get the seed funding uh, locally or internationally. So pretty much build your own job type thing. Yes. Definitely. Because here, like, in, in, as I mentioned, in Palestine, there are many opportunities if you really look around and you want to do something. It depends on the person, really, how passionate they are, how committed they are. And I know it's very difficult um, because you need to really have this plan A until plan Z on how you want to do things here. Um, but it's about perseverance and how much you want to do it.
Of course. And I think, yeah, that, that willingness to want to get into either the workforce or whatever it is that you want to do is very, is very important um, in life. It's You've always got to push forth and create different avenues for yourself and keep engaging, keep learning. So, yeah, I really, really like that yeah. way of thinking. Thank you. You mentioned schools is one of the main areas where you know, you're trying to find jobs for these people, but I guess is there a certain, another industry or any other businesses that you're working alongside with currently or yeah. wish to expand with? Um, so we're working alongside different uh, youth centers here in Palestine, but also um, organization, international ones that work with youth centers. So for instance, um, uh, we have one international organization that directly works with youth centers, but then they need to do some capacity building for them. So here is where our role comes in, that we uh, come in and build their capacity, uh, teach them new methodologies, uh, not only in sports for development, but also in sports management. So, uh, so for them on how to um, manage an event, how that they can also plan actually before managing an event, how to plan the different programs that they can have, how to design even the needs and have how to really evaluate the, the needs of the community that they're working on uh, or working with um, to kind of have this participatory approach where they need to learn uh, before offering any program, what is the need in this area? Because each area that we have here in Palestine has a totally different uh, environment uh, and also restrictions or even um, in restrictions in meaning politically. Uh, meaning that some people cannot move around like they wish to um, or freely. Uh, so, for instance, the club at the end of the village is probably sometimes uh, really dangerous or risky for them to go there in certain areas. Or when they are inside that uh, um, club, uh, in that club, it might be a little bit risky on some of the days. So there are things that we have to take into consideration in regards to safeguarding and specifically for the children and youth. Yeah. So we do that also together with the international organization or with the local organizations to make sure that it, everything is safeguarded for the children, for the youth, for the young girls and for the women. Um, so we take these steps first and then we design the programs accordingly, then we plan them and we also teach them all of these steps that they can stand on their feet and do that on their own. And we are in the background supporting them when they are needed when we are needed. Yeah. So, so I really like what you talk about the sort of the freedom of movement is one of the, the challenges you've got to work around. In particular, we're dealing with a lot of that with the current you know, climate. I guess, how have you at Palestine Sports Fly sort of been working around the current, I guess, restrictions? Yeah. The good thing about uh, or that we are able to manage or manage to have in Sports for Life is that our coaches are not centralized in one area. So they are in different areas. So for instance, we have an event in, in the north and uh, something politically happened that the team that is in the mid is not able to move um, or to go and support the north team. That the north team is able to uh, combine the whole north team and work on their own uh, with virtual support from us if they needed. But uh, what we usually uh, do is we plan ahead, as I mentioned, with plan A and plan B and lots of plans with lots of risk assessments. Uh, so that when something like that, that the, uh, the team in that area that where the thing is going to happen, that they are able to manage uh, on their own. Okay. 
yeah, understood. Yeah, thank you for expanding on that. I guess, Natasha, you've got a bit of experience working with Palestine Sports for Life with their Football for Life programs. Would you like to speak a little bit more to that? Um, yeah, it's, it, I don't necessarily think it's the Football for Life programs, more in terms of their facilitators, their coaches that have gone through or that probably still are part of their program um, with our Sportsman for Change forum that we ran in 2018 and 2019. So I believe our colleague um, Asma Halal reached out to you or you guys have developed a connection before, tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. we are part of uh, the Street Football Network uh, together with Football United as well. Um, and uh, we saw these um, the call for the, for the forum and we connected uh, with, uh, with Asma uh, and she was really great. And uh, also then the team with Natasha to be able to uh, send uh, two, uh, two of our coaches from Palestine um, on two years. So four coaches were able to go to Australia and experience Australia uh, and uh, what Football United uh, are doing their amazing work uh, in Australia so that they have this opportunity to also learn um, from um, different experts in Australia so that they're able to come back and um, uh, also to serve the communities here. So this module that we have, uh, as I mentioned, those coaches that we empower who, are, who weren't really always, um, inside the school already working, but rather youth graduates uh, from PE, that they wanted to do something uh, for the community, but just didn't have the space or resources uh, to do so. So we empowered them and they, we started those Football for Good uh, programs and Football for Life programs in the different uh, communities that we were working with. So one of the examples was, uh, for instance, uh, Yumon, um, and uh, she uh, started off five years ago in Tulkarem uh, city, which is more of a, a bit of a conservative uh, uh, city. And she was um, the first Palestinian um, that went into the universities and influenced them to have football for girls inside the university education. And that's where she started. Of course, before that, she, she used to be playing football um, in the streets, in the neighborhood. Uh, so that's, she had this passion for, for it. And that's why she wanted to study PE. And she went into the university. And then she joined Sports for Life at some point, where we gave her more information and more knowledge on how to use that passion that she has uh, and the football experience that she has to go and give back to the community. So through the Ministry of Education, we were able to open up a school in Tulkarem, where she was able to uh, give after-school activities or like football for good programs uh, for the youth. She started off with two girls um, at that time until she, you know, it's the model of having some person from the same city or from the same place really supports uh, having the trust with the parents to be able to send uh, their young girls to come and, uh, and play. So Yumon is well known in, in her city. Um, so parents started sending their girls and now we have a, a program of at least with the same program and specifically those young girls who started off young uh, at the age of 10 and nine who are still there in the program. And now they are also serving as leaders because uh, Yumon also started off uh, with a, a program for now at least 80, 80 boys. Um, so this uh, changing of mindset as well for the young boys to go and say, we have a female football coach is a big thing. Um, and they are also always, you know, um, praising her. Uh, so they go back to their parents and tell that uh, to their parents. This also slowly changes the stereotypes that we have about 
women in football and also women in sports specifically. Um, so also those young leaders, uh, the, the young girls that I mentioned who started off with us in the program are also enrolled in coaching those under 10s uh, boys in the same program. And we have, uh, of course, as 80 boys and 25 girls, and those girls are also now taking part in the um, football league, the, the Palestinian football league, in the under 14 and the under 18 uh, and 11 side and 5 side. And they even this year went into the 5 side and the first team ever to take part in that under 14 one, and they took first place in the, um, in the North District. It's not about only their technical skills that really showed in, in every single game, but the, the behavior that they had uh, amongst each other and the connection that they had amongst each other and also with the opponents uh, in, the, in the field, in the, in the games. These things, of course, don't happen overnight. Um, these uh, things that we are working with them throughout the year uh, and every single year on their life skills, um, the different themes that we have also every single year. Um, another example is Raghad, uh, who has also got the chance to be uh, within the forum. Um, and she um, is a basketball player, but she was she understood how much basketball affected her as a person as well and how much she could affect young girls as well. Um, and she also took a lot of uh, sports uh, for life um, education courses and she was nominated to the Michael uh, Johnson Leadership Program as well after the creating oh, yeah. um, uh, health forum as well, the, um, the leadership forum in the Australia and then in, in the States. And she came back um, uh, and, to, uh, and she did, and she ran a program for a whole year in UNRWA, uh, their Zayt school. Um, as I mentioned, there wasn't a PE uh, class in there, but she, with the other teachers, was able uh, to give a class. Um, and because also the school was so cooperative that they wanted to do something for the young girls. It was like around 500 young girls in that school with a really tiny space for them to, to play. But with that, we were able to implement a program for a whole year, teaching them English through sports and also teaching them health and well-being uh, and gender equality um, uh, themes that they needed to know or like raise their awareness about the right to education and the right to play um, inside the school and also out of the schools after school activities. Um, and uh, it was a program throughout the uh, school uh, hours and not after because the girls came from different villages um, and refugee camps that was difficult to keep them after school um, because they went with public transport so they needed to be there in certain times and specifically because politically it's a bit difficult to have a young girl not go on that certain time uh, in the public transport to go back to her village uh, so we decided to do it only throughout um, the school hours um, and she did that program for them for a whole uh, year. And it was a tremendous difference uh, in regards to their behavior, their attitudes towards each other, um, and also like the connection and bringing them together, uh, but also their um, education and their school, um, let's say commitment, uh, how much they now were looking forward to come to school. Uh, and also that they wanted to um, learn more and their uh, educational uh, grades also um, increased and also in English because it was re really a fun way of teaching them English through sports. That was a really nice module uh, that uh, we are also now expanding on it 
to to work it on with the different youth uh, in the communities. And these are just two examples of the youth trainers that we were trying to provide them with the resources and also those opportunities to travel the world, such as a great opportunity that was offered by Football United to go all the way to Australia and uh, share their passion together with amazing people there in Australia and give back to the to the community back in Palestine. Yeah. Yeah, so, so when they came here, it was, um, it was the... Forum, forum was run in partnership with uh, the Council Council of Australian Arab Relations, who funded um, a large portion of the forum, as well as uh, Football New South Wales, LMA and Sydney FC. But what pretty much um, what entailed in that forum was about leadership empowerment um, and connection. Um, so building that relationship between Australia and Arab countries um, overseas with countries such as Palestine as well. The, the females took part in leadership forums. Um, well, yeah, it was a leadership forum, but leadership workshops, sports for good development workshops. So how to create sessions, how to um, event management as well. We had a few international um, guests in 2018. I believe it was the under 20s Australia and or Taiwanese team, which they got to meet as well. Um, we held a few formal evenings that they got to interact with um, people such as Moya Dodd, such as a few people from our ABC network here in Australia as well. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of a lot of engagement throughout that week um, that they got to take part of and got to learn and develop themselves as well as as share their stories and inspire us um, here in Australia. Because um, there was, I believe it was six from overseas in 2018, six from here in 2018. And then 2019, we're able to expand that to eight um, international and eight national, um, let's call them sports, sports women um, or leaders in their communities as well. So yeah, it was it was definitely a um, inspiring week um, that we had in both uh, respective years with Yuman Ravad, um, there was Karam and Shadda as well um, throughout those two years, and yeah, we did develop a great connection with them, and they were able to share their stories about. Um, Palestine Sports for Life and the work they do and especially share their football or basketball um, skills. I know at one point Raga did hurt herself um, while playing basketball, which, you know, it, it, she didn't let that bring her down and kept on going for the remainder of the days. Um, but yeah, she she does constantly, um, I think, share that memory on social media to put it in, uh, in perspective for us. But yeah, it definitely we definitely did create memories and um, expand out networks and it was great to partner with you guys on, on that as well. Thank you. It was a great, uh, definitely great experience for them. And um, we also let them um, share the, this knowledge and experience that they were able to take from the forum back to the trainers that we have here. Uh, so we had like an internal workshop to share their uh, experiences that we had to inspire them as well and share the stories that they heard from the Australians uh, and from the other um, international uh, coaches and also from the international guest speakers that they came or uh, and the local ones. Um, so that was really inspiring for them. And the good thing is that, as you mentioned, networking is the most important part. I mean, just staying, having that network and staying in touch and building on each other's ideas and staying close to each other. This is how we kind of expand the sports for development world. Uh, and being to be able to do more good in the communities. Definitely. 
There was, there was something that you said uh, before about Yumon, um, how she started off with two girls and then built from there and now coaches the male teams as well. It, it resonated with me completely because back in 2015, I believe, um, I joined a local football team, local soccer team, um, to where I live. And there were no female teams at the time. And there were a couple of us that kept on pushing forth for female teams. And we built that trust within the community and started building those leads with the parents. And one girl led to two, led to three. And we ended up having, I think at the time, it was four female teams. Um, just within a couple months of, you know, advertising and sharing and um, just trying to pursue this whole females in football perspective. Um, from there, we built from, I think it was about 60 girls to about 90 females just participating year by year. Um, and then also with, with, the, with the males, I was coaching an under 11 boys team because no other person um, put their hand up to it. And I rocked up to a training session and one of the fathers was like, are you the coach? And he, he was very shocked to find out that a female was a coach of his son's team. So I, I guess we do have that similarity um, in Australia and Palestine, um, you know, different, working with different ethnic backgrounds as well. It came to a point he wasn't going to take it. So I um, handed everything to him, you know, the equipment and everything. Within five, ten minutes, he called me back. He's like, no, 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 I can't handle this. Here you go, you can have everything. At the end of the year, he came and thanked me just for opening up his mindset um, and helping him see, you know, there is value of females um, in sport and also helping his son develop as a player um, during that time as well. So, yeah, I just thought I'd share that because it definitely resonated with me when you were talking about Yumon and her story. No, all respect to you. I really, really appreciate what you are doing and what you have been doing. And it's really important, like people like you, um, to be doing what you are doing. And you're not only just developing his football skills, but you also developed him on a personal level that he does not have this mindset of girls can't play, but rather that he has learned this at an early age, that it becomes rooted in them. And then they share it with their friends and also, and so expands. So, and you inspire him to also reach out. This is something that is also important that those young boys that we also have, their sisters are not allowed to come and play. But then they are able to, with years, or like with years, but with time, let's say to influence their parents, like, come on, my coach is female, she can play. It is a really safe environment. My sister can also come and play. Mm -hmm. So this, this um, circle of how to really pursue and also to push each other and also to, to open the minds of each other that there is room, we can do the same and sometimes even better <laughs> with, with young boys and also with the patients and with like age groups, those need patients. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's that whole exposure and role modeling, um, I guess that we need to try and build across the whole world. Um, not only in our countries respectively, but yeah, across the universe, especially in a time like this. I totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on today, tomorrow, to share your story and, you know, inspire others. I'm sure, because I'm sure, you know, I'm inspired by Football United. I'm inspired by similar organizations. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see what the future holds in terms of our organizations working together. You know, I'm sure it'll only be a matter of time until we're able to expand. I mean, we're already doing the, the online sessions. You know, Natasha and I were there at Auburn Youth Center. 
running the session the other day. We had the Palestine flag in the background, you know, while Definitely. we were putting our session. A nice background. I really appreciate it. What you are doing as Football United and creating chances to support us in this campaign, um, holding those two sessions weekly. We are waiting for them always by the minute. Uh, we, we love seeing how you are also doing your different workouts and the different sports. Um, it's really inspiring for the youth also to say, to see that they really need to be active no matter where they are, and no matter what spaces they are. And, and specifically in these uh, COVID situations that we cannot just sit down there and do nothing. And, 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 and on the contrary, with your um, uh, intervention with having the different sports and even as simple, simple fitness drills uh, with simple spaces, as much as to show the youth and everyone actually in the family who are there in the, in the house or so that they can take part in this. And this also builds the connection uh, between the family with, um, with sports and also how much it affects their well-being, their mental health. And this was also some kind of um, the objective of this campaign with the help, my health, my well-being, but also to show the connection between Palestine and Australia, and specifically with Football United and creating chances that it, it didn't end in 2018 or 2019, but also that we really want to build on, on the network that we have together, the relationship that we have together, because we come from the sports for development world together, that we have so many um, similar uh, you know, ideas that we can kind of integrate together. And more specifically is that we share the same passion. So we know what we're doing. We believe in what we're doing. So this comes in and I hope one day that we are able to bring you all physically here so that we can also then have uh, um, a larger program that we can run here in Palestine. Yeah, de definitely. It's, um, I, think, I think it's one of, our, one of our goals is to connect with as many organizations as we can and help build and empower each other as well. And then also... To come out to Palestine, I think we had there were talks. Um, I think early last year that we're gonna um, try to get the sports for change forum over in Palestine. But yeah, we'll not lucky this year. We're along with COVID and everything else that's happening. So hopefully, in the new future, we're able to work with on that and um, together with you guys at Palestine Definitely. Sports for Life. Definitely, we look very much forward to that. And, uh, uh, thanks again, Tamara. We, yeah, we really appreciate the time. And yeah, we look forward to continuing this relationship with Palestine Sports for Life and creating chances for Boy United in the future. Definitely. Thank you so much, Natasha and Rob. And thank you for all your team and your efforts that you have been putting on in this, uh, in this campaign and also on what you are doing on your day-to-day -day basis in Australia, uh, affecting the communities that you're working with. Keep inspiring and thank you so much for everything. Awesome. Bye -bye. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode of the Positive Feedback Podcast. If you want to hear more amazing stories, head on over and subscribe to our podcast feed on Spotify and iTunes. And if you want to hear more about the work that Creating Chances is doing, follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you next time on the Positive Feedback Podcast.